melody. It's the magic of the melody that makes a song stick in our minds. The most beautiful memories we come across as fans of music are often related to the melody of a song and the way it makes us feel. So what is melody? Wikipedia defines melody as a linear succession of musical tones that the listener perceives as a single entity. In its most literal sense, a melody is a combination of pitch and rhythm. When I think of a melody, I picture a single note, memorable line played on a lyrical instrument, human voice, saxophone, violin, guitar. And a great example would be Let It Be. I mean, Paul McCartney is one of the greatest melodic writers of all time. What better place to start than here? The strength of this melody is so obvious that you hear the first few notes and you know exactly what it is you're listening to. We don't need any chords, we don't need the rest of the band. There it is, in all of its glory. One of the most memorable melodies ever composed. And yet all of its notes are derived from a very traditional system called the major scale. In this case, C major scale. This would be playing all the white keys on a piano, or in other words, the letters C, D, E, F, G, A, B. But remember, we don't want to get bogged down in theory. This is more of an inspirational talk and less of a theory lesson. So let's move on. Some songs have such an indistinguishable melody that without the chords, we can barely tell what they are. Can you guess what the name of this song is? Now, as soon as I add a few chords, you might guess better. What do you think it is now? But wait, is that chord supposed to be there? What you're hearing is Hotel California. The first time I played it, I had no chords in the background. You were just hearing a melody based on three notes, F sharp, E, and D. Once we hear the sound of a chord behind a melody, it changes how that melody interacts with our ears. And what you might notice is when I put the wrong chord or a different chord in the place of a familiar one, we almost don't even recognize the song anymore. Getting back to the power of the major scale, listen to the following songs and tell me how many you can guess. I'll play five songs in a row. You should be able to figure all of these out because the melody is so strong and so familiar, it doesn't require any chords. Here's song one.
Here's song two. Here's song three. Here is song four. And finally, we have song five. get them all right? The first one was Sound of Music. The second one was Joy to the World. Then Lean on Me, Somewhere Over the Rainbow, and of course, Amazing Grace. And every one of those melodies I played was based on the seven notes of the C major scale. There's no way around it. If you want to be a better melodic writer, you have to immerse yourself in the craft of melody. And the best way to do that is to listen to very melodic songs. Start with Paul McCartney, John Lennon, the Beatles. That's where most songwriters go for inspiration. No matter what music you're listening to that you've identified as melodic, the best way to analyze it, figure it out, and have it show up in your music, in your own compositions, is to listen to the melody, figure it out on your instrument, then figure out what the chords and the bass line were, and get to comparing the notes and see what you find. You will need a certain amount of theory for this to make sense, but even if you don't understand keys or what's happening with the scales, you'll still go a long way to unlocking the mystery of melody and how chords and melody are intertwined in the perfect marriage. Lastly, I'll dive into the topic of how chords teach us what the melody of a song could be. Every chord that you pick in your songwriting has a set of notes in it. And for the ease of today's lesson, we'll focus on chords called triads, which only contain three notes. Those are all your basic major and minor chords, like C major, A minor, G major, D minor. Each of these chords will have three distinct notes in it that we can refer to as letters. For example, the C chord will have the C, the E, and the G note in it. The A minor chord will have the A, the C, and E. You'll notice that there are some letters that are used in multiple chords. For example, both the C and A minor chord contain the letter C, but the chords sound dramatically different. Even just having one different note in your chord is enough to make the entire chord feel and sound different. In this case, the note that's different between C and A minor is that a C chord has a G note in it and an A minor has an A note in it. And that one different note has such a huge impact on how we interpret the sound of those two chords. If you're having a hard time coming up with a melody, here's a little exercise. All you've got to do is take a piece of paper and a pen and write down the names of the chords that you've written in your song. Let's go back to episode one of this season where I wrote the chord progression D minor, F, and A minor. Once you've written the chords down, figure out what the three individual notes are in each of those chords. If you can name them, great, and if you can't, you'll still have to figure this out by ear. It really doesn't matter if you give them letters or not. It's more important that you identify there are three independent pitches located in each of these chords. Let's say that my chord progression starts with D minor, and the three letters are D, F, and A. I'm going to write those underneath the D minor chord. The next chord in my progression is an F chord, and its three letters are F, A, and C. 
pick any one of the first three notes under the D minor chord and start singing that note or playing it on your guitar or piano or violin and then pick any one of the other notes in the next chord and do the same thing and you'll have created a simple two note melody with a little bit of planning you can create a really interesting melody there's so many things you can do with this basic mapping technique I guarantee it'll get you started on finding the melody for your chord progression and from there you'll naturally change it and evolve it or improvise it until you find exactly what you're looking for. I call these chord tones anchor points. Once you get those anchor points locked in, you feel a little bit more secure and you're willing to take more risk. Or in other words, you've got a couple key notes that work over every chord and from there your ear will tell you what to do in a creative way. At the very least, you're going to improve your ear training and be able to hear notes and chords better, so you've got nothing to lose, no matter where you are in your journey. In the next episode, I'll be talking about lyric writing and storytelling, and then in the next episode after that, I'll be recording all of these ideas and revealing my song that started in episode one. Thank you so much for listening to Everybody Speaks Music. I'm one of your co-hosts, Chris Schultz, and don't forget... Everybody Speaks Music.